again, being like, you know, 19 years old and, you know, making, I mean, I came home and had like $20,000 in my bank account. I thought I was the richest guy ever, but, uh, you know, like the military is really like that nobody's, everybody's terrible because it's a bunch of, you give a bunch of children machine guns and money and nobody knows what to do with it. So. Welcome to the Military Bottom Line Podcast, where we help you make the most out of your military contract. Today on the show, I have my good friend Matt Sorensen, who joined the Army as a machine gunner shortly after 9-11. He shares a lot of good information about his time in the military and things that he would recommend to those who are joining now. I hope you guys enjoy the show. If you continue to enjoy these podcasts, I hope you would consider subscribing. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining me. Hey, what's going on? Not much. I know it's uh, it's been a little bit while, a little while for you since you've gotten out of the army, but uh, would love to hear kind of a, a backstory as to how you found yourself enlisting in the army in the early two thousands. Uh, yeah. So, um, I think like my junior year in high school, I got contacted by a recruiter, marine recruiter actually, and um, it just seemed like an interesting idea. Um, I think like I said. I was getting ready to wrap up high school. I think it was kind of like the idea that I didn't really want to keep going to school. Um, and the military seemed kind of interesting. Um, and then, so I was pretty, pretty close to like deciding on that my senior year. And then September 11th happened and that kind of just sort of solidified everything. So it made the decision probably a lot easier. So, yeah. Was there anything, I mean, you were thinking about it before 9-11, so was there anything specific that you were hoping to get out of the military when you were going in, or uh, what was what was the kind of vision that you had for that? Um, well, I'd say, like, kind of primarily, I didn't want to go to school anymore. Yeah. Um, and, like, I knew my parents weren't going to let me just sit around and do nothing, so it was like, well, if I join the military, you know what I mean, like, that'll be – you know, it'll be kind of give me a different experience, something different to do. Plus, I, you know, I come from my, my both my grandfather served in World War II, so I kind of come from a family where a lot of people have served. So I wanted to serve my country and do something. Um, so it's kind of like a win win. It was, it was an easy, it made the decision that much easier because there were all these reasons why it would make sense to do it. And then, like I said, September 11th happened and it was like, okay, that's a wrap. Yeah. Okay. And how long were you in for? Uh, I was four. I did. I had a four-year contract, and I got stop loss for like four months or something like that. Stop loss. Tell us. Tell us a little bit about that. What is? What does that mean? Okay. And so, what was that like? <laughs> okay. Um. So, whatever. When anyone enlists, what they, they'll tell you you get whatever your contract is. Like I think they've the army would used to do like all the way down to like a two-year up to like a six-year or something like that. But realistically, everybody enlists for eight years and, and nobody, they don't really tell you that. And unless it's changed, you know, like a lot of things change, but it's, you used to, you technically sign an eight year contract. And, um, of course, you know, everybody's got their recruiter lied to me stories. And so one of the lies I got was, well, you know, during the Gulf war, you know, only one person in the history of the entire army got, you know, recalled the duty or something like that once they um once they once they got out so in my mind I'm like okay well obviously that that's not going to happen which was completely stupid on my part because it was like a time of war so why why wouldn't that happen um but on top of that like uh so so instead of stop losses wasn't really something like that I even knew about other than they 
how do I explain it? Like, since you're on the hook for eight years, that's why I think they can stop loss you. So like, mm-hmm. like they just kind of set a date, like, okay, like, Hey, if you're whatever the Marines, I think it's EAS and the army, they call ETS, whatever, whatever date you're supposed to get out, which everybody in service knows exactly what that day is. Yeah. yeah. They would just say, okay, Hey, I think for us, it was like, if you're, if your ETS date is June 30th or later, you're getting stop lost for like, almost it was like, Till December of the next year, so you're gonna get stuck oh. for another year, like year and a half almost. No kidding. And so, like, yeah, yeah, I had like a buddy of mine who, him and I went in at the same time. He went in on a three year, and I went in on a four year, and we got out on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's rough. So they basically just extended mm-hmm. your contract without, you, you know, you didn't you didn't volunteer. They just said, hey, you're staying longer than you than you thought. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Did uh. Did they have like were you doing anything specific during that time, or were you just sitting in garrison uh, in Tennessee? No, no. We, yeah, we were ramping up for deployment, so we had okay. done like a you know like a twelve month train up for a year deployment. So I think the idea is they're going to get their money out of you, but you know a, a handful of guys got got wind of that and they just went AWOL. <laughs> so <laughs> it was pretty okay. funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but other guys were like, "Look, man, I get it. It is what it is. That's what I joined for, you know." But yeah. I mean, like I think I said, Ed friends did like over a year of stop loss, so mm. it's kind of you know. Mm. As, but I mean, it, again, we were in the high. That was kind of that was two thousand five, two thousand six. So things were, were really going off. So yeah, it's busy. So what did your what did your contract look like? I mean, were you in the U.S. most of the time, I mean, it sounds like you were doing a couple of deployments and stuff. I mean, what was your job? And kind of give us some insight on what, what they had you doing. Okay, yeah, so I was in the infantry. And, again, I was sold on the idea that them dudes just play video games and get off at three every day because that's pretty much what happened between, you know, like the military goes through its cycles where, you know, in peacetime they're not really – all they can really do is train and they don't, they don't do as much – but then when wartime kicks off, like it's sort of different, but nobody had seen any kind of, there hadn't been a big long sustained conflict since Vietnam. So the, there was nothing that any recruiter could really talk about because they, they hadn't lived it themselves. So um, I, was, I enlisted in August of 02, reported to my unit in January of 2003 and then was in Kuwait the next month, you know, for the invasion of Iraq in March of 2003. So it's like, you know, and, but we are, yeah. And our unit had just come back from Afghanistan from the year prior. So like it just, and that was just the rotation from then on out. Like you went to any regular army infantry unit and everybody's on rotation. So you're pretty much doing like a year on a year off. We had like 18 months. I had 18 months about in between my two deployments just because, I think that it was like in the beginning stages of it. But then after that, I mean, every, everybody was on rotation and that's just kind of how it went. Yeah. So I, you, you spent like close to 50% of your contracts deployed. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Do you feel like that? Uh, I mean, as far as planning for your future and kind of like using any benefits within the military or, you know, how do you feel like that affected you going forward financially or professionally uh, in order for like preparation? Um, I mean, financially, again, being like, you know, 19 years old and, you know, making, I mean, I came home and had like $20,000 in my bank account. I thought I was the richest guy ever, but, uh, you know, like the military is really like 
that nobody's everybody's terrible because it's a bunch of you give a bunch of children machine guns and money and nobody knows what to do with it and so it's just <laughs> you yeah. come back and you think like everybody's buying cars and you know all these nice clothes and everything and like in, in two months everybody's broke again like it's mm-hmm. it's sort of it's pretty funny but like there's not they try to give you like a financial education but nobody really i mean unless you learn that when you're younger you're not really gonna you're not really thinking that but as far as like so i mean there was money and i had some money but it wasn't like i mean that i didn't spend a lot of it which was good because we again my unit like we if if we when we were in garrison it's like training all the time so there wasn't really i didn't have time to go and do a whole lot so um i mean again tons of people spent all their money but uh other than that there wasn't like a if we when i was not deployed i was just training a ton so it wasn't really uh but i was only in four years so like a lot of guys get on a different a type of you can do different assignments and stuff like that if you're you don't just do all your time in the line usually like that gotcha i I remember you telling me a story about you missing the uh, chipotle ipo because you were out on patrol or something like that um and you know I'm, i'm just wondering like if if most people in your shoes had that kind of mindset where they're trying to take advantage of those opportunities, uh, despite being on deployment or, or how you kind of found yourself, you know, paying attention to an IPO like that. Well, my, my dad, kind of, my, my, my dad, my grandfather kind of taught, like raised me on like stock market and investing money. So like they, when I, when I basically came to the realization that you could make money without working. Like I was all in, I was like, if you can, if I can somehow get money without having to do anything, I'm like, put me in there, you know? Um, and that's, it's obviously not that simple and more risky than that, but Mm -hmm. I had a kind of a baseline knowledge of what investing looked like. And, um, my parents did have like sort of a college fund thing that I think they're like, I think what, I just had a baby, right? So I'm looking at trying to do it for my daughter, but it's like called a a custodial account where you just stack money away and you invest it for your kids. But I don't, I mean, again, you can do college funds, but I'm really glad my parents didn't do that because they never paid for any colleges because I had the GI Bill and everything. So, yeah. but uh, they kind of gave me this custodial account, which was more or less a, what was it? It was like a Fidelity mutual fund, a couple of mutual funds or whatever. So I had taken that kind of redistributed it and then was just stacking my deployment money in there, which wasn't, a, wasn't a lot of money, but yeah. I wasn't spending any money either. So you imagine 12 months making, you know, whatever money you're bringing home, you're not spending. So it was, and then the, the market was killing it then. So it was good. But I also was like interested in other things that I thought might make money or do well. And, and um, I'd been to a Chipotle and I was like, Oh, this place is really good. Like, and then when I saw that they were going public, I was like, man, I should, I should, you know, buy some of that. But, uh, and again, I still didn't understand how the stock market worked. So yeah, I, I didn't know like during an IPO, like you have to put up a massive amount of money to be able to get the IPO price most of mm-hmm. the time. So yeah, I went, I, I had my dad kind of hook it up, like fund a Scott trade account for me so I could buy and yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, the time difference was going on. Plus, you know, there, there's a lot going on <laughs> yeah, over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so by the time I finally got behind a computer, the, the stock price had already doubled. Um, 
so I was pissed off and I was like, oh, you know, I'm not going to spend that. I paid double for it because I wanted to buy like 100 shares or something like that. It was going to be like 2000 bucks or 2200 bucks, but it doubled to $44 a share. And sure enough, I think if you look, I don't know what the stock price is today, but it's been in like the six or seven hundreds a share. So oh. I was like, oh. it's the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but everybody's got stories like that, right? Well, sure. I mean, when you do it long, when, you, when you're trying to invest long enough, you'll, you'll have those because I'm sure everyone else like talks about, oh, I was going to buy Microsoft and I was going to buy this. <laughs> so it's just like whatever, you know, I mean biggest thing is just not like being scared off, just learning from it, you know, and then in the next one, try to try to be better. Yeah. How do you feel like your, your time in the army has, you know, prepared you for civilian employment? Uh, you know, did you, <laughs> I know you joke about it, not, not obtaining any uh, job skills as an infantryman, but um, I mean, how do you feel like it's pre- uh, prepared you for, for what you're doing now? Um, I mean, I mean, first of all, you learn how to suck. Uh, so you can just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if, if they don't, you know, if you don't like what you're doing, you know, you got to kind of gut it, you know how to great gut through it. And yeah. a lot of the time, like even in the army, like when it was, you know, when you're a private, it, it's pretty miserable, but you get a little bit of rank on your you know, collar and you're, you know, a little bit more responsibility. It's not quite so bad. And so, and in the military, you don't get a choice. So it forces you to have to learn how to, deal with your current situation without with when you don't have a choice. So then when you do, you know, you, you kind of have that experience of like, Hey, like, let me ride this out and just see where it goes instead of just like, Oh, it got tough. Let me quit. Like, yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying, I don't know. I had, I not joined, I don't know if I would be like one of those people that just bounces from thing to thing because I don't know how to make a commitment and stick to it. So mm-hmm. I think some of the intangibles are probably more valuable than obviously like the lack of job skills. So, um, I think that, that component of it, I mean, you definitely learn how to, I mean, you're forced to get along with people you can't stand. I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it's funny. Like I think, I think back on it and laugh, but at the time it's like, it's pretty miserable, but at the same time, like that's really important in life, you know? Yeah. Um, and the cultural diversity is like through the roof. I mean, you talk to anybody and it's just, mm-hmm. you get everybody from every race, from every, you want to understand uh, different people and different, you know, from all kinds of different walks of life, races, classes, whatever you want to call it. And so, I don't know. I mean, you just, you meet the most interesting people, at least for me, hands down, the most interesting people in the military, um, because they just have crazy stories of their life and you meet so many people like where I work now. I mean, I don't meet, I don't come across so many different people on a regular basis. And so you, I mean, you just have an appreciation for them and it makes you, you know, see the value these people bring, but also just, you know, teaches you a ton about like what the real world's like. And then, okay, again, on top of that, how to, how to work with those people because Mm -hmm. you have to make it work. And, um, that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, uh, for me, it was really beneficial. So, yeah. Awesome. So then it was, yeah, it wasn't so much the uh, tangible things that you took away from it, but the, the intangible that just kind of character. Yeah. 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 And there's not a big job market for machine gunning. It's not really a thing. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But uh, as far as, you know, trying to figure out what's next and I mean, you've used most of your jab, you've obtained a couple degrees with your benefits and, uh, things like that like it's it has it it served you well outside of those intangible character building aspects 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the um, the army had a you know like a, a college fund thing that you got. Um, I mean, that's like a big thing. Like the contracts again are always different and changing, and so mm-hmm. based on what you enlist at, you can you can choose what it is that you want to get. Um, so I got like our army college fund kicker to go with my GI bill. And so, and then they changed the GI bill law while I basically was getting out. So they did the post nine 11. I would, when I went in, it was the Montgomery and then they changed it to the post nine 11. Um, I want to say like, while right around the time I got out. And so, um, it kind of changed the terms a little bit, but, uh, that plus the the GI bill or the GI bill plus the college fund was like it was good, you know, paid yeah. for. But you know, it, yeah, I used that. I guess I don't know what else to tell you other than there's a way of. I would say there's a way of making it go further than you know probably the average guy mm-hmm. thinks about. But that's just because yeah. I know you didn't use it when you initially started school, right? And those general eds and yeah. At that right. So I live in, yeah, I live in California. Community college is more or less funded by the government. Not entirely, but it's dirt cheap. Like it's like less than $50 a credit hour and you got to knock out most college degrees require GE, gen ed. And so I just paid for all that out of pocket because I was working full time too. So I could knock out the first two years of college for like next to nothing. And so I didn't use any GI bill. So then I chose another program that like, the schooling gave me more credit for my experience because it was like, an, I don't know, the, the way the program was designed. And that's what you have to do. You check out these different colleges and what they kind of, what they offer, what they recognize as, you know, college credits. And this college recognized a bunch. And so um, they, I got a lot of credit f- plus the, plus I paid for the community college. So because of that, I know I finished my bachelor's, I think was like, I finished it in like three and a half years and I wasn't even going to school full time for a little bit of that. But on top of that, like they, I didn't even have to, you know, I only probably did about three years, maybe even two and a half of actual schooling because of the experience plus the programs I was doing. So it's just, it's not like your traditional, Hey, let me go to a four year college and just do the four years. Like there's a way you can burn through it way faster and, or get it done faster, or you could not, you could not use all your GI bill and not finish it. So you got to be kind of smart on how you approach that. So you definitely had a strategy using that, uh, using that benefit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I got to think about it before using it. That was what I did. I was like, okay, like I want to, I want to get a bachelor's done, but I may want to be able to knock out a master's degree or have something else after. Yeah. So like, let me think about how I can do this. So yeah, for sure. Hmm. Um, do you have any, you know, looking back on your time in the, in the army, um, <laughs> do, you, do you have, would you change anything about it as far as uh, your job or how long, you, how long you stayed in or anything like that? Um, I don't know. I mean, the military is like always changing. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it's like, I always tell people it's the best and worst thing I ever did. So in certain respects, like I think it would have made, it would probably have been way smarter to pick a better job, you know? Um, but that's also, but the job I chose was, was what I wanted to do. So, 
Um, but nowadays, like the military sometimes has, you know, they're on the edge of the most cutting edge technology. So you can, why wouldn't you want to, you know, be the guy that's be a drone pilot or be a guy that's, you know, working on, you know, cybersecurity or something like that because the military a lot of the time is using really new stuff. And there's a big market in the civilian sector for guys that, you know, work on some of that type of equipment or do those kinds of jobs. So, um, I would, I don't know, like if I was more career minded, again, it was more of like a service and a duty aspect of doing it. Not like, uh, I'm going to make a good career decision right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if I was looking at it through those lenses, I'd say, yeah, you know, I'll pick something like that. Join the air force, they get two hour lunches and it's like a civilian <laughs> job, you know? Yeah. But, um, or, you know, you could always join them at like, you know, the Marine infantry, army infantry. And again, I think the special, I, I kind of regret probably not doing the special operations side of things or doing mm -hmm. something like that. But in hindsight too, like I'm actually, I don't know, I don't know what that would have led to, you know? So I'm yeah. also kind of like, eh, it's probably, it's probably, I'm kind of, I'm happy the way things are. I mean, yeah. you know, so no regrets. No, there's plenty of regrets. <laughs> I sure wish I would have done some of that stuff, but I don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? So, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, we'll kind of, you know, with that, we'll transition kind of, you know, what I'm calling the bottom line is as somebody who has, you know, joined out of high school, successfully done a couple of years and, and successfully transitioned out, uh, what, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's, you know, maybe, uh, you know, 19 year old you kind of thing as they're trying to figure out the next step and looking into the military? Yeah, I think, think beyond just what you're going to do in the first, you know, like, like beyond the military. Like I, I thought, well, I'll do that. And then I'll get out and go to school and I'll figure it out afterwards. Not like, Oh, how am I going to parry this into a career? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, I kind of did do that, which was kind of cool. worked out. Okay. Um, but again, like we were talking about before, if you're thinking more along the lines of what am I going to do with my job skills and my experience to, to, to create a career, then that would, I think that would, that would have been smarter move on my part. Hmm. Um, so kind of using it as like a, a continuation of, of moving forward and, and growing rather than splitting into like segments where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this for a while. And then I'm going to do this for a while, but something that's kind of continuous. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you see like uh, some of the things I'm seeing amongst some of the most successful people I see is like they build a career over decades. So, hmm. Like I went to school for commercial real estate and I'm, from what I've seen from commercial real estate, like you kind of, you don't make a lot of money and you're not really doing a whole lot in the beginning. You know, you're learning the business in the beginning, the first, you know, three to who knows, 10 years of your career. But the guys that are making the big, big money and really, really successful, they're not doing it until like year 20, year 30 sometimes. That's a more realistic way of careers progressing and people succeeding, you know, like when people are like, Oh, it must be nice. This guy makes so much money. It's like, he didn't just wake up and make that kind of money. It took him decades of building yeah. something to be able to do that. Now, some people obviously are better than others, but I think that's a more typical career path. But if you stick with, within a round, like within a one career field, you're going to, you'll, you, you'll build more value for yourself. So, like for me, since I work in the security industry, which the military sort of prepared me for, it's sort of like I've got, I'm pushing 20 years of experience almost now. Yeah. So 
that will always be a viable option if I want to work in that career field. If I want to go to do something else, I kind of have to start from scratch, but that I've got 20 years under my belt almost now. So it's like, okay, well now I, I kind of know a ton about my own profession and industry. So, and again, not everyone's going to want to do that. Like if you're a tanker, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> what am I going to do? Be a 20 year tanker? Like, no, it doesn't, it, you know, it may not work like that, but if you, you know, it, like for you, like in aviation, like aviation is a massive industry and there's all kinds of different stuff. So if you've got 20, you know, 10, four, 10, five, 10 years in the military and then you parry it into the civilian side, you know, you're building yeah. something. Yeah, you know? for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, lastly, would, uh, would you recommend, uh, your course of <laughs> through the army as, um, infantry, as an infantryman? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would almost say no, but yeah. it's just not, and it's not like, again, I'm not because I regret it or I think it was terrible. It's just like, there's definitely a better, smarter way of doing things. Um, but everybody want you know, you got to do what you want to do too. So like, I don't regret the notion that like I did something I didn't want to do, but <laughs> Oh, if I had to do it again, yeah, I might do things differently. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate your insights and, uh, and sharing your story and, and helping, helping those that are, that are coming along trying to figure out the next step. So thanks for joining. Say thanks for having me, man.